Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. Laws out here, we're talking about principles of life. Laws that certain actions uh, will determine predictable consequences. So certain actions that will cause for predictable consequences, which is a law. Um, the actions, you can predict the consequence based upon the action. And uh, especially when uh, it's a law, when it, it's unchangeable, it's, it will always do that every time you do it or we do it, like gravity. And so uh, let's turn in our Bibles to the book of John chapter 7. So we're going to turn to the book of John chapter 7. Let's start at verse uh, 10. Luke chapter, John chapter 7 and verse 10. So we're talking about laws. And we've gone over quite a few laws already. And we're going to cover possibly two more today. And so this one is called the law of judging correctly. Everybody get that? The law of judging correctly. All right, so it's possible to judge what? Incorrectly. All right. <clears throat> so look at John chapter 7, verse 10. And it reads, but after his brothers left for the festival, Jew Jesus also went through, uh, excuse me, though secretly staying out of the public view. The Jewish leaders tried to find him at the festival and kept asking if anyone had seen him. There was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some argued he's a good man, but others said he's nothing but a fraud who deceives the people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were, all, were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Well, that's, that's a tough place to be, isn't it? I mean, no one will speak publicly about you. Can you imagine that just for a minute, that you go to a public place and you knew you were right, but no one wanted to actually say that you're, you're okay. You know, they, they were okay with you being okay, but they just didn't want to say that publicly about you. Uh, that's the life that Jesus had to live. It says, then midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he has been trained? When he hasn't been trained, they asked. So Jesus told them, my message is not my own. Kind of ringy there. Uh, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. Those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves. But a person who seeks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth not lies. Now, this is not the principle here, but when I was reading over it, I, it just kind of jumped out at me. And this is one that we can take with us. You know, it, it's, it's the reason Jesus could speak the truth. And he says it right here. He says, one who, one, who, one who is trying to support himself will always do whatever it takes to support himself, even lie. 
even lie, even lie and do deceitful things. But one who's coming as a, as a, as a voice for someone else, there's no need to, to, to lie. And, and so what I would say to you in this, and again, this is not where we're going this morning, uh, but just for your knowledge, anytime it becomes about you, you will always do whatever it takes to make it stay about you. Y'all get that? Anytime you are, your, your, your purposes are about you, then you'll do whatever. And that's why evil can get so evil, is that people will do whatever it takes to maintain whatever they're trying to keep. And so when you don't have to do that, when you say, no, hey, God told me to say this. I don't have to support anything else. Just God told me. You don't have to like me. You don't have to love me. You don't have to do any of those things. It allows you, it frees us up to tell the truth. All right? That's, that's just an add-on this morning. You get that for free. All right? The rest of this you got to pay for. Are the lights a little dimmer this morning? Can you turn those up over there, please? I feel like... I feel like y'all don't want me to see your faces. Oh, yeah, you all are out there. Wow, looky there. All right, good. Then that, that, that brightens up the place, doesn't it? Literally. All right, so, so Moses gave you the law, but none of you obey it. In fact, you are, talk, you are trying to kill me. The crowd replied, you're demon-possessed. Who's trying to kill you? And Jesus replied, I did one miracle on the Sabbath, and you were amazed. But you work on the Sabbath too, then you obey Moses' law of circumcision. Actually, this tradition of circumcision began with the patriarchs long before the law of Moses. For if the correct time for circumcising your son falls on the Sabbath, you go ahead and do it so as not to break the law of Moses. So why would you be angry with me for healing a man on the Sabbath? Look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. All right, listen. Oh, it's going to get better than that. Listen. He says, he says, you have a double standard. Your standard is good for you, but it's not good for others who violate it if they do something other than what you do. And he said this, he said, he said, you still do work on the Sabbath, circumcision. Yet I do something for someone on the Sabbath. I heal a person on the Sabbath and you want to kill me for it. And then he says this powerful statement, look beneath the surface so that you can judge correctly. I say that to us this morning. Many of us, we look at the surface. We look at an act, and, and we go from there to uh, applying a law against them or ruling against them and overgeneralizing and categorizing them based upon one act. Now think about it just for a minute. Circumcision or healing a person. Which one do you think is most important? You see, law will always get in front of the individual. When we live by the law, when we live and make the law, when I say the law, the things that we do, the standards that we keep, then we, it's easy to classify people. It's easy to put them over here 
or over there and say, well, they're like this or they're like that and never really get to know the individual. So look at this. I'm going to give you about four things to consider this morning relative to this. So let's look at a couple of the scriptures. I'm just going to read these out to you. Um, so there's a, there is a law, and, and that law said that every eighth day, uh, the foreskin of the, of the male should be circumcised. And, uh, and then in Matthew chapter 12, verse 2 says, But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. These are some references. Uh, John 5.10 says, So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take your bed. All of these things are, in, are, are, are impediments to people or to getting close to people or to working with people. See, if we make ourselves a law, we can actually have a way of staying away from the people the law is for. It's easier to deal with letters than it is to deal with people. But it's for people that God has made us. Heard a person say it this way. He said, the person was saying, you know what? I would love ministry if it wasn't for the people. The reply back to that person was, it is for the people that ministry is for. What is ministry if not for people? Another scripture say where the where the throw uh, uh, where the where the uh, throw is clean, or where the where there is no oxen, the throw or the, the the stall is clean, but where there are people, there's a mess. All of the things that are added into our life, relative to people, are going to be messy. Jesus lived a messy life because his whole life was involved with people. You and I are part of that mess. But I'm glad he's not so shallow as to make his stall so very narrow and so very uh, small that none of us could fit into it. Just think about it. He's allowed anyone who wants to come into the stall to come in with all of our mess. So the law of judging correctly, look at a few principles here or thoughts concerning that. Number one, never, ever, write these things down, never take people at face value. You may miss out on a true gift. Never, ever take people at face value. Because if you do, you might miss out on a gift, a true gift. If they missed out on Jesus, so can we miss out on, on gifts that are smaller than Jesus? They missed out on Jesus. Uh, Jesus was walking in their midst. The power of God was around them, and they missed it. How come? Because they were more attached to the law than to people. If we want to live a law-filled life, then we can cut people out all the time. Well, you just lied to me. I'm never going to speak to you again. You didn't treat me right. Well, I'm never going to have anything to do with you again. Do you know how many people you would actually have in your life if, if 
it was always about what that one act that they've done, we, we would all have nobody around us, would we? We wouldn't even have our children around us, would we? We wouldn't even have our spouses around us anymore, would we? We wouldn't have no one to work with. We'd have to go into business by ourselves because we couldn't work with anyone because everybody has a pocket of mess. There's a statement by John Ortberg. Ortberg he said this in a book, and the name of the book was Everybody's Normal Until You Get to Know Them. In other words, everybody has some kind of hang-up except me. No, everyone has. Everyone, everyone. Look around. Look around the room right now and look at the person that you, you've been with or known very little time. They got a hang-up. I'm telling you, somebody here has got a hang-up. Everybody has one. Everyone, everyone has one. That's why God gives us forgiveness. That's why God gives us the grace to be long-suffering. That's why he plants in our spirit love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance so that we can be in relationship with other people. The Bible says the law killeth, but the spirit gives life. Life for what? Life for relationships. It's the ability to be around people. So Jesus said, you judge by judging surfaces. You don't even know me. Because if you really knew me, then you would know who was before you. And you would want to know more of me. You don't even know me. You're judging me because I don't come the way you want me to come. Listen. Number two. Never allow others... To determine for you who someone else is. Never allow someone else to determine for you who that other person is. How are you gonna, how are you gonna, how are you going to take their their uh, editorial or commentary on a book? that you yourself have not read in depth, it's yourself. Never ever take someone else's commentary of another person and begin to look at them all square. Like, you know, that happens, man. Sometimes I just feel like, man, why are you looking at me that way? You don't know me. You don't know me, you, you, but yet, yet you're coming off as though and looking at me all sideways and everything, and we've never sat down and had a talk before. Go beyond the surface. Go beyond the surface. In other words, find out more about the person as opposed to, mm, mm-hmm. You don't even know. You can't even make that statement because you don't even know them. If you have reason for that because you've sat down and talked to them and reasoned with them and then you left there saying, mm-hmm, that's something different. I went into a place recently and, and in the front end of the, of the place or the meeting, I knew that there, it felt like, I don't know it, but it felt like there had been some, some 
prejudgments about me. I mean, it just kind of, you know, kind of, it just kind of felt like there was an uneasiness. Two people came in there, and one person uh, uh, received a big hug, and, and I was about to, I got the big long arm. And, and, and I, I just kind of sensed, and again, I, can't, I can't, can't know this for certain, but I just kind of sensed that there had been some words. One of the words, and, and this, is, this is from someone who told me directly this, uh, one that, and this is in general, and maybe you guys have heard it yourself, hopefully you defended it, um, that the New Day Christian Church uh, is a cult. Now, if you've heard that before, um, uh, uh, anyone ever heard that before? There's some people that have heard it. Well, we're, we're part of the Jesus cult. But the cult means culture, cult, Jesus culture. That's who we are. But a lot of people, I think, make judgments about other people having never met them. Don't know anything about them. Never been around them. Never had to sit down and talk to them. So, never ever do what? Never allow others to determine for you who someone else is. They missed Jesus that way. They missed Jesus, the Savior of the world. They missed him that way. Number three, always know that people having mitig- have mitigating circumstances to actions or to every action there are mitigating circumstances we don't always know why people do what they do we don't know what their background is we don't know how they came up with that mm-hmm. and, and so always try to have uh, always try to reason that maybe there's some factors that are playing into this doesn't mean that those factors are right it just means that they are it broadens our ability to see them more clearly how many of you like um, um, a football life I know. The, what, makes us, what, what makes us like a football life? It's, it's more than just the football game, isn't it? In other words, we get, to, we get to go into their lives a little bit, right? I mean, we get to actually see what makes, um, what's the guy's name? The, the, um, Manning, um, Manly, um, Dexter Manley. We, got to, we get to look at Dexter Manley and see what was it about him that made him do the things he did. And, and when we get a better understanding of him, we have what? Mercy for him. Right? A lot of the young men that we see, and we want to quickly just cut them off for the purposes, not for their sake, but we want to cut them off because we don't want them damaging our product. So a lot of people... Um, <laughs> a lot of people uh, want to cut them out and get them out because it's hurting their product. There, there's interesting. Can I share this with you right quick? Can I? Let me, let me, let me say this. How many of you, uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm on, on board. I'm just saying that there's sometimes we judge too quickly. And we give lead way to some and not to others. And so... There's a guy, um, the football player, that, that's kneeled for the, for the flag. And I'm not saying that's right, especially on the 4th of July. I wouldn't do it. What's his name? What? 
Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. So, you know, he's kneeling down. He's doing that thing. And, and whether you think it's right or not, and like I said, I, I, I personally wouldn't do it. But, but I don't know his circumstances. I, I don't know what's going on in his life. Um, but it does appear like he's been blackballed from football. It, it, it looks that way. For, for taking a stand on what he believes. So has anyone, I'm sure people have, have come and gone and said, you know, what, what causes him to do it? What are the mitigating circumstances? What, what makes him do these things? Should he be blackballed from the NFL because he's taken a personal stand? Now, let's move over just a section. What else is going on right now? The Women's Soccer World Cup. There is a female on that who has said she will not she will not sing or salute the American flag and she kneels and she's still playing on the Women's World Cup for the United States of America I wonder if the mitigating circumstances uh, of both lives were compared and I wonder if maybe there was a grace given to this young lady uh, uh, honoring her mitigating circumstances, saying, you know, well, maybe you'll be cost and so on and so forth. I mean, representing the United States of America in World Cup and will not stand for the American flag, will not sing it, and yet she's playing. And I'm not saying that that it's wrong that she's playing. I'm just saying that it looks like they judged beyond the surface and looked at the mitigating circumstances on one, but not the other. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. Don't get mad at me. All, and, and there's very little coverage. Very little coverage. I mean, how many of you knew that? But it's not been covered much, has it? It's kind of on the down low, isn't it? So what am I saying? Is that we have to judge correctly. We have to look beyond circumstances and, and, and perceive correctly. One more thing concerning that. Never substitute a law or a standard for knowing the person. Never, ever, ever substitute a law or a standard for knowing the person. I've told you before, man, on Monday nights, if you come here to this gym, you're going to smell multiple kinds of smells. In church. I mean, I guess it just makes some guys play better. I don't know. But, but you know, here's what I want. I'm so glad. Because I want to get to know the individual. I want to talk to the individual about the love of God. I want to let the individual know that God loves you no matter what you bring into the stall. No what kind of mess you might bring, God loves you. Now, once you come into Christ, now, once you come to Christ, the whole messages of the, of the epistles are to help you get into shape. But prior to that, God just, I want you saved. I want you born again. I want you to do better. 
I told a young man the other night, um, um, for, for the first time uh, we were talking and this young man, uh, prior to even playing, I said, man, I just want you to know, I want you to know that you have leadership in you. I just want you to know that, man. You, you have a leadership in you. And you could tell it just, oh. Now, when he played, he, he admittedly, he kind of lost it. I said he lost it on the court, stormed out of the church. But you know what? The next day he called me, and he said, I want to thank you. No, he said, I want to apologize for my actions. He says, not only did I, I do it, did it in front of you, but I did it in front of my family as well. He says, I want to become better. He says, I'll see you again next, next week. What is that saying? That's saying that, man, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to put because you stormed out and you can't come back no more and so on and so forth. No, that's not the case. Man, I'm glad you are here. I see you. I see the leadership in you. I see what God can do in your life. And what if we did that to everyone? What if we looked at everyone wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and began to see the possibilities in them and call them up? Jesus would have. Jesus would have loved the hell out of them. Well, he shouldn't say that in church. The, the real hell out of them. The real H-E-L-L out of them. That's what I'm talking about. By looking at them and seeing people far broader than we, what we've been taught to. You may see a guy and he may look like, you know, something that's in the movies or something you see on CBS or NBC or whatever. And you may automatically categorize him as the bad guy. But that guy's got a family. He got a mama. He got a, a daddy. Maybe that daddy's not there anymore. But he's got people around him, aunties and all that, that love him. The only difference between you and him is Jesus. And he's cleaned you up. So let's learn how to judge what? below the surface. Let's start looking at a little broader picture of people. Let's start looking at a little more accuracy there so we can really see people for who they really are. You know, sometimes you can see a person who's, who's uh, you know, um, got tattoos and, 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 and driving in a big old pickup truck with a Confederate flag and just be quick to say that they're bad people. but not really know them. Not really know that, man, they, 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 God loves them and judge them beyond the surface. See, I'll be honest with you. Can I just be real, real honest with you right now? I just think there's just way too many guns going around. I just think that there's, I do think there are some people that need guns, but some people are, are carrying guns because they've judged on the surface only. I'm not against guns. Matter of fact, I'm grateful for the people who need to be happy carrying guns. I wouldn't want to live in America without guns, <laughs> you know? 
But I do believe that there are some people who don't need them. I, I just, I believe there's some people who don't need them because they'd be too quick to judge at the surface level and not beyond the surface. There's a young man that we know of that called us recently, and he was at a local place, and uh, someone had hit him, uh, and uh, they bumped into one another, and, and the person came out wielding a, or not actually pull it out, but wanted to show it. Like this is the OK Corral here. He was a young black man, a little young fella, good kid, nice kid. But immediate hostility, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it immediate hostility? Immediate hostility. Why? What, what fostered that? I say what fostered it was the surface. It was judging at the surface level. And I believe our, our nation that uh, is in that posture. And that's why we believers must be in a different posture. We need to be the ones who judge below the surface and look at all of the mitigating circumstances. Otherwise, we're going to lose a generation. And we don't want to lose a generation. Let's move on. What is that? The law of what? Judging correctly. Let me, let me just say this. You, you cannot get to the bottom of something without going to the person who has the bottom. <laughs> Sometimes we try to deal with people and we deal with everybody else except going to the individual. We have conversations with everyone else but the person who you have an offense with, a problem with. How are you going to get to the bottom when the bottom is not there? I find the, 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 the quickest way to a place is to go to the place. Not around the place. But go to the place. Talk to them, and you'll find out. It may be awkward. You may be not have the right words to say, but there's just something pure. There's something good about going to it so, so that we can judge correctly. I don't know how many times I have been wrong thinking, perceiving that, I was, that this was what it was when that wasn't what it was at all. Just recently, I had a situation, and, and it, it looked like one thing, and until I went and, and, and wrote up a letter, and you know how you write them letters up, and I wrote a letter up and I sent it to the individual. And immediately I got a reply. And the person said, let me explain what really happened here. And I was so very appreciative because it brought clarity to me. Did I agree that it was all done right? No, I didn't think it was all done right. But at least it brought some clarity. At least we saw things eye to eye as far as how it really, at least what they thought was going on and what we thought was going on. But how many of us do that? How many of us actually go to the person? Talk to the person. See the person. As opposed to telling everyone else who can't move the needle not one little bit. Jesus always shot straight. Always. All right. 
That was for someone. I don't know who. Let's go on. Next one. <clears throat> Next law. The law of What's the next law, Judy? What? The law of child likeness. Thank you. Judy writes up all my messages for me. She wants y'all to know this. The law of child likeness. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 18 real quickly and we'll be done. Luke 18. Look at verse 9 of Luke 18. It says, then Jesus told this story to some who had a great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. <laughs> Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers, and I'm certainly not like the, that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not to even lift his eyes to even to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, Return home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And then one day, some uh, parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called the children and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who does, doesn't for, receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. So here we have the law of childlikeness. There is something so beautiful about being childlike in a good way. It's amazing to me how quickly we can become the standard and we can begin to view everything in life by our prescribed standard and look at everyone that way. Even the disciples rolling with Jesus said, no, 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 keep those kids away. No, no, don't, no, don't, don't, don't. We don't want them doing stuff. Don't, 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 don't interrupt the master here. Don't, don't, get, don't get involved with them. And Jesus says, no, 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 because the children back in those days were the lowly. They, they, were, they weren't really thought of much. And Jesus is breaking the norm. He said, no, no, let those, let those kids come on up here. Let, let, let them be seen. Don't just push them off. Don't just say, just keep your mouth shut. I'm talking. No. He said, Suffer the little children, allow the little children, value the little children, appreciate the little children. Because if we can value the littlest of the littlest or the least of the least, then we won't have trouble valuing those who seemingly have something. Because the law of humility 
the law of humility works both up and down. It, and, and, it, and it works in such a way that it doesn't matter what or who it is, you always, always, always treat them with value and acceptance. doesn't matter who they are. One thing that we're, we're, we're really lacking, I think, in our country today is civility. Do you know that the very people that we sometimes yin-yin about and talk about them and yeah, are the very people that Jesus came to save? And yet we're so uncivil. It's amazing to me how mean we can be these days. I mean mean. I mean like mean. Just mean. And it's almost like we give everyone the right to be mean now. Like people have the right to just be mean. Social media, just say what you want to say. I don't believe that's the heart of God, and I don't believe that Christians, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, should be operating that way. I don't. I don't think, I don't believe that God would have us talk about people in an uncivil way. Whatever happened to civility? Whatever happened to it? So here's four things, I think, again. That we're going to close out with four things. We know that humility is what? It is, it is having a low view of yourself. A low, not a low view as in you're not important, but a, having a low view of one's own importance. What makes George Logan important? It's not George Logan. It's that I belong to the most important. That I belong to Jesus Christ. So I need to have a low estimation or low view of myself relative to my own important, the, the emphasis on own, my important. What makes me important? What, what makes this stool important? If this, if this stool was out on the street somewhere, it wouldn't be all that important. But now it's important. It has a job to do. What's that job? It's to put the water on while ministering the word of God. This stool right here has become greatly important. Simply because of where it is, not because of what it is. This right here, they call it a bar. What do they call this? A, 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 a pub table. A pub table in the church. We have now sanctified this pub table. This pub table that would, would be greatly used somewhere in town, somewhere in a brewery, is now being used for the gospel's sake. We have sanctified this pub table. This is a Holy Ghost pub table now. Only thing been, being put on this is the Word of God. Can you imagine that? So what made it important? It wasn't the wood. It wasn't the, the, the stool. It's where it is. What makes us important is that we are in Christ. That's what we are. We're in Christ. Yeah, you, you, you used to be important out there in the streets. You used to be important over there doing your thing, but now God has put you in a place of sanctification. He said, now you are important because you are in me. Number two, those who are humble will always know more than those that are not. 
those who are humble, those who are childlike, will always know more than those who are not. All of us can easily get to the place. Um, this past year we played, uh, uh, we've, y'all have heard this before, but it, it bears repeating. We, we, we had the team that nobody else wanted. And my man here, you touched my heart. <laughs> no, he took, he took on the team and, and we came out around and we assisted him. And, and nobody else probably for the most part, there may be a couple of the kids, no one else would really want those kids on their team. But those kids were humble. Almost every kid we had was humble. Almost every kid we had wanted to learn the game of baseball. Every kid we had wanted to listen. They wanted to listen. They wanted to hear. They wanted to get better. One in particular, one young man in particular, I mean, he was all eyes. Anything you told him, he wanted to hear. He wanted to understand. He wanted to know more and get better. But I dare say there are kids out there who've been playing it all their life who if you told them something, they wouldn't want to hear you at all. Because they've lost their humility. They've become too aged in a particular area. As long as we keep our humility, as long as we keep on learning. Remember when Dr. Eddington was here recently? And Dr. Edgerton with that big um, Gandalf kind of a voice. And he spoke. And he was so very childlike. I mean, you could tell he was just having fun. And if we talked to him, he would, he would, he would want to know more. He says, George Logan, could you tell me more? You know, he's, he's that kind of person. He wants to hear. This man's been in the ministry for many, many years. Um, uh, pastored huge churches. But he's still childlike. And that I want to grow. I want to know more. He recently uh, invited me to, to minister uh, uh, at, up, in, up in Montreat on uh, watch night on the 31st. Here's, here's a man who's inviting me to come and minister up in Montreat. Because of his childlikeness. Because he says, you know, I don't care who it is. He's, he's, you know, I'm 30, maybe 30 years younger than him. Not nearly the amount of time in ministry that he has had. And yet he, he wants to hear from me. Because of his childlikeness. Because he desires to grow. And he believes that others can benefit from this message. But if you could, uh, he didn't care about whether or not we are Baptist, Presbyterian. He's a Presbyterian minister. He doesn't care about that. There's one thing that's so wonderful about being childlike is you don't care who's got the candy. You don't care if they're black, white, yellow, red, or, 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 or a monster. You just want the candy. They got some candy? You don't care. Listen to me. When we get like that, that kind of childlikeness, well, we just want it. We just want it. We just want more. We just want more because you have information and I want to grow. Number two. Number three. You guys are hearing me on here. Number three. Childlikeness always increases. Listen, this is so powerful. 
Childlikeness always increases mobility, flexibility, and adaptability, and therefore promotability. That's not a word, but it just fit. Listen, childlikeness always increases mobility, flexibility, and adaptability, and therefore promotability. That's my new word, promotability. When we are childlike, there's no end to our learning. There's no end to our flexibility. You ever notice how, how kids are so flexible, flexible? They can change on a dime. They're like, oh, you're going, you're going the wrong way. Oh, okay. And they go back the other way. How kids adapt. They're adaptable. You know, people come into this country and they live here for 20 years, can't speak the language. Kids come in, little kids, and they're speaking the language in, in, in a matter of six months because they're so adaptable. They're adaptable. And, and they're mobile. They're not stuck. They're not, oh, we've never done it like this before. Yeah, that's right. You've not done it like this before. When Moses came to the Red Sea, there wasn't no reference of another sea opening up either. So it doesn't matter if we've never done this before. Let's do it now. Let's try it now. And that's why we, we even as a church, we have, to, we have to bring in a culture of the young people so that they can be the ones who take the ball and keep running with it into the next generation. I don't know about anyone else, but George Logan's not getting any younger. This church is not getting younger, as it were. And so we have to be able to be as adaptable and as mobile and as flexible and, and more open to see our children doing stuff for the glory of God's sake. And, and, and the flexibility to make some mistakes. Uh-oh, here we go. Last one. Everybody with me? Say amen if you're here. Amen. Last one. Childlikeness is a state, not an age. Childlikeness is a state, not an age. In other words, I always want to have a, a little bit of, not a little bit, a lot of childlikeness in me. The good kind of, not immaturity, but childlikeness, where I'm eager to learn more, where I'm eager to try new things, where I'm eager to go out and expand my horizon. If, if, I think all of us owe it to ourselves to, to create new tributaries, as it were, or something like that, that cause our minds and our soul to kind of advance a little bit. You laughing at my word, man? It's, it's my word, right, Connie? I want to make tributaries, tributors, distributors. <laughs> no, tributors, right? Is that a word? Someone? Anyone? No, look it up. Someone, someone Google that right quick. Tributaries. Tributaries, thank you. 
a stream that flows to what? A larger stream. Where other bodies of water. See, that's remember my wife and I have our biggest battles on what's a word and what isn't. She said, I've not heard that before. So does that mean you know every word? <laughs> but we always want to maintain a childlike. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. Don't expand your mind. Do, do new stuff. Stay humble. Learn some new stuff. Learn, learn, learn. Grow, grow, and grow. Through the word of God. Get with other people. The, the law of childlikeness. Stay open. If we remain open, we'll find out that in our openness, we'll get so much more out of life and all that God has for us. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.